we're live with Paranormal Dash Spirits. This place we come to get our booze on. We talk about the booze, the things that go bump in the night, and I get to do that with all my booze. I'm Mike Black. This is my wife, Alyssa Black. Hello. My best friend, John Burkett. Hello there. <laughs> Hello there. And How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? What's your name? <laughs> so, we do this, and tonight we're going to talk about something a little bit different. We talk about all these different stories um, about the Amityville horror, and we talk about um, Bigfoots, and is it, we still never decide, is it Big Feet or Bigfoots, or just Bigfoot? I, I think it's just bit like deer. You know, it's the same word right. for the plural. Or moose. Or, or moose. Yeah, okay. So, Bigfoot. But tonight, we're going we're gonna to bring it home. We're going to make it a little more personal for us. And we're going to talk about our own experiences and what got us started in uh, the search for paranormal stuff and, and the research behind it and the ghost hunting and all that good stuff. Uh, before we do that... I want to tell you about all the places you can find us. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can listen to the podcast uh, just about anywhere that you go and listen to a podcast. If you're listening to the podcast, you can listen to the YouTube version if you want to, where you get to see the video and get to see what we really look like. And that's at um, 3B Paranormal Spirits on YouTube. Uh, we have a website, Paranormal Paranormal Spirits. Dot com. We have a Facebook group, uh, that's Booze with Benefits. We have an Instagram page, and Instagram is paranormal underscore dash underscore spirits, and the dash is spelt out on that one. And same thing for the TikTok. The dash is not silent. Yeah, the dash is not silent, and it is spelled out. The um, and But on Twitter, it's still... MW Black 1966 because that's how it works there. Elon won't let you change it. Uh, yeah, no, he won't let me change it. <clears throat> and so I don't know why. Maybe the new CEO will be more uh, forgiving and allow me to change my name on there. But if you go to the website at paranormal-spirits.com, you can see uh, all the fancy swag that we have there. We have uh, coffee cups. We have coffee mugs. We have trucker caps. We have dad caps. We have racerback. Tees. Uh, we have t shirts. We have. Um, what is a racer bag? Is that one of those like this power one. lifter tops with that string back? Of? Yeah, it goes in, it kind of <clears throat> goes in at the top and then comes out. Like the back looks like a sports bra. Like yeah. That you work out in. Looks sexier. That's what it's about. For the ladies. And then, yeah. We even have uh, koozies there. So. Boozies, koozies. <laughs> Boozies, koozies. And John doesn't have his boozies I don't, yet, I just have my legend. So we'll we'll get that for him. <laughs> anyway, um, that's all the places you can go see us and, and <clears throat> check out our other stuff. And like we start every night, uh, we do when we record, we start it with a drink of the night. And tonight, since this is kind of a special night for us, we're talking about our own experiences and everything. I thought I would bring to the table something special. And this is a very highly touted, lightly peated Lagavulin 16. This is 
as Ron Swanson would say, God's chosen elixir. <laughs> so, so John, you were the scotch drinker of the bunch. Tell us about Lagavulin 16. A 16-year-old Isla single malt scotch. It's from Isla, which is an island in the, in the uh, inner Hebrides off the uh, western coast of Scotland. Um, it is aged for a minimum of 16 years. Mm. <clears throat> Smells like a boot. Thank you. It smells like a what? A boot. Boot. This smells is like le- So they stopped the malting process on it. There's no trees, so the malting process of the of the uh, is stopped with heat from peat smoke from peat bogs. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're smelling is peat smoke. Yeah, it smells like leather boots. Do you know what I smell? I get a little bit of. It's kind of medicinal, like iodine. Well, iodine. That's the ocean. It's also a little, you're going to get a little salt because mm-hmm. the warehouse yeah, iodine. Yeah, is sitting sure. on the, I mean, literally sitting on the coast, getting battered by the Irish Sea. Okay. Yeah, it says that it gets its taste from the water source. If this whiskey was made with any other kind of water, it would taste nothing like Lagavulin. Hmm. Okay. It, right. It's a, it, it is. It may be an acquired taste that you guys have never had a peated whiskey before. I've never had a peated whiskey before. You might as well just skip all the others. And get the rest, go straight to the best. Well, I've I've heard you talk about it, I've heard other people talk about it, so I, I love this stuff. I have to try it. So what's I, the price point on this one since it's, it's about a hundred and ten dollars. You know, there are times when you're supposed to have my back. Oh, $50. Yeah. When my wife asked you how much a $100 bottle of scotch cost, 100, no, 111, 111, wasn't it? Yeah. Ooh, one, one, one. Yeah. So when my wife asked you how much a $100, $111 bottle of scotch cost. cheaper than the tequila in the, in the. Yeah, my favorite that's, tequila. That's when like, you tell her, oh, it's like 50 bucks. Well, I didn't want to. I mean, I didn't you get think your about money, that. I got mine. Because someone might go running down to their local liquor store they and might. have a sticker shock when they, <laughs> yeah, they, they respect to pay And they could only get a half a bottle then at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so. And these are not sold in 375s. These only come in 750s. Yeah. So. All right. So, it smells. You're going to get that peat. Okay. It smells interesting. That's but what... I can smell the sherry because these are this is aged in sherry casks. And I can, I can, I can smell past it. Pete and I can, I can pick up on that. I can smell I, that I, too. I can a little. So there's something magical about sherry cask and peat. That cilantro. Cilantro. Hmm. Interesting. I don't hate that. I don't hate that. That's weird, though. That's that does not like taste. That the way it <laughs> tastes tongue, is like it smells. My tongue just did <laughs> somersaults. It, it it tastes like you want to be sitting in a little cabin overlooking the lock. The lock. You know, when you breathe out, you get that sherry. Mm-hmm. It's like when you breathe out, but then when you breathe back in, you get that boot. <laughs> that iodine medicinal I, I, medicinal's not fair no it's not nearly as medicinal as Lafroic. no it doesn't burn no not at all there's no it's 16 years burning. old it better not burn uh, yeah 
But I'm just saying, like, you, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I could see how that could be, like, as you eat eat it, drink it, that it would be. So I get it's, a... It is thick, too, though. You say eat it, but you hold it up and look at the legs. It's... Yeah, I get a lot of different flavors, though. It's not it's like... Funny. As you, you know, As you kind of, like, breathe in. Mm-hmm. It tastes like, though, kind of like this whiskey slash scotches. I don't keep forget the difference, but whiskey's Why are you like whispering? the sherry. Because I'm yeah, second guessing it. myself. Oh, okay. Spit it out there, babe. Spit it out. Be confident. Yeah. Go ahead. So, no, it's, I get a lot, because some things that you get are just, they're just one dimensional. I mean, they got one flavor and that's it's it. An extremely and complex flavor going on is, here. It, it is complex because I'm getting a lot of different flavors from the initial, you know, first blush when it first gets in your mouth. And then I get, there's like after it sits there for a second. You know, then I get another flavor, and then I get another one on the on the back it's side kind of, of it. It's a almost sweet aftertaste that mm-hmm. lingers for a long time. It does right. linger. So we talk about how it's an acquired taste. Did you like this the minute you tasted it the first so time? So I started out because I wanted to try peated whiskeys. So I started out with Ardbeg Wee Beastie, which is a five-year-old that's about twice as much peat content as this does. Wow. <clears throat> and then I kept drinking and the first time it hit me like like the mezcal and I had the same reaction as like oh <laughs> right like drinking an Erlanger it's beer a stout or something one. it's a, it's a really strong peat it's a peat monster you call it right mm-hmm. it's not like this and uh I kept like once a week I would pour a dram and then one day all of a sudden I tasted the malt mm-hmm. it was like you 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 it became more than one dimension eventually right and then i think i went to lafroig because i want to see what is this mermaid's bath water tastes like that they mm-hmm. call mm-hmm. and uh eventually i was like okay let's go for this because this is legendary you know if you ever watch parks and recreation you see uh nick offerman's character on there uh ron swanson and this is all he drinks. This is all he See, drinks. I, didn't, I didn't watch The Office. We tried. Not The Office. Parks, Parks and, and Recreation. Oh, I'm sorry. Parks and Rec. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, he is a spokesman, celebrity spokesman for the distillery. And they mm. have, the this year they came out with the third Offerman edition. Oh, really? And this year it's charred oat barrels. So they're doing charred barrels. Oh, wow. They're aging in it for 11 years. But I would like that. They, this also comes in an eight-year. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is kind of their general. And then there's a distiller's edition, which is cost prohibitive. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's about $250 or something, I think, on oh, that yeah. model. And uh, Offerman's is about 80 Um Last year, the Offerman edition was uh, Guinness casks. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that would be interesting. So as I sit here and I taste this over and over, I, I'm starting to taste the salt. Yeah. You can taste the salt it's from in the it. ocean. It's like it's it's salted, you know. It's the ocean. Yeah, that's where that iodine and the salt is coming. It comes from the ocean. I I find to me, it's so complex, and you keep finding new stuff in there mm-hmm. that I just love it. Yeah, it's I don't hate it, but I can see it's an acquired. I can see how it could be an acquired taste for people. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, all, I mean, it's so not. This beer. is not I an mean, easy. This is not something like the Brooklotic that. Right, well, I think it's because of the peat. Or like, oh, it's, it's definitely the peat. I mean, it's kind of like mezcal. I don't, I don't know many people that are just like 
get some mezcal, like, yeah, that's the jam. Like, no, well, I, I still have a, almost a full bottle of mezcal. Like, you're I, supposed I, to be bringing I, it so we can mix it with some pineapple yeah, juice. Yeah, I, I forgot meant to do that today. I, but every time, the two times that I've tried it, it's not the same though. Like peat smoke. No, it's is one thing. Yeah, no, that's like it's like fire smoke. Sucking on a fuel filter from a diesel truck is what <laughs> mezcal tastes. This is like. like a boot. I'm telling yeah, you, I there get this is some, leather. I, I get that leather too. I know what you're saying. It tastes like Wilson's smells. Yeah, but you know, like, you know, you know those leather car air fresheners that mm-hmm. I get. So <laughs> yeah. before you put it in your car and get that true like leathery smell, it's got this kind of a smell where it's like a lot all at mm-hmm. one time. Yeah. And that's what this smells and tastes like. It's and it that's, does. that's what makes me think of the leather. This and a steak. I could see that. It's a magical combination. I could totally now, see that. Now, is this that. something you'd put ice in? And asparagus too for some reason. To let it breathe or whatever or you just there. Um, you could put on the rocks. I would not I mean, I wouldn't. It seems like a sin, but some are some people would put like a drop or two of water to kind of That's, open it up and separate the oils a little bit. And I've heard that too different. that they that it helps open it up. Yeah, I've never done that. I mean, but I would not put it on the rocks because as soon as those rocks start melting, it's good. You just water, water it down, down and, and waste it. So <laughs> I have to read what uh, the quote from Nick Offerman on the Lagavulin website. I have traveled the world and sampled many attempts at pleasing nectars, but it is solely this distillation of Isla, a tiny charismatic Scottish isle that has claimed my palate, yea, and my heart into the bargain. <laughs> oh my God. So what yeah. do you think, babe? You like it? I like it. I I can see, I, I, I want to drink more because it's like I... No, you'll get, give it like... Once or twice a week, have a drama, and then all of a sudden, it's like I get it. You're gonna be like, "Oh, okay, this is good." I get it. That and and I got it with a much lesser spirit than this one. Yeah, and 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 it's funny if you start sampling all the peated islas. Mm-hmm. The peat tastes different. different from different parts of the yeah, island. You can see that. Ardbeg peat tastes is very very earthy. Mm-hmm. The peat that you get from a, a Lafroig is a little more smoky, and they have a lot more iodine kind of flavor to the soil. Mm-hmm. And then this one, I, I this is just the perfect balance. It's a little less peated than those other two, mm-hmm. and uh, there's something about sherry cask, like the, that dried fruit mm-hmm. flavor from the sherry, and then throwing some smoke on there. Yeah, Ugh. See, you can tell John's just in is in love with it over he there, is. and I'm like, yeah. He feels about I like it. as I do about tequila. I have, I have the awesome. bottle at home has about that much left in it. It's like and I, I don't want to drink because it's like, like uh, it's like I had to try it. So I save, save it for special, special, special occasions. Mm-hmm. So we talked about it, and we talked about our booze B O Z E. And our booze for the night is Lagavulin 16, and with a very complex uh, palate. Um, the nose is—it's almost like leather, like a leather air freshener. Almost, it's got that little bit of iodine smell to it. Well, I can tell you what they say. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm I'm sure that they the same people that write that write the 
right? The uh, marketing for Rolex, as you pointed out the other day. Right. They don't go near as descriptive as uh, the Siete Leg was. Mm-hmm. But, but it, uh, this is the legendary Smoky Isla Malt and the benchmark dram of this iconic distillery, aged in oak casks for at least 16 years. It has intense peat smoke and a rich sweetness on the nose, then sherry, fruit, and smoke on the palate, leaving a long, spicy finish with appetizing sweetness. Hmm. It's also 43% ABV, so it's a little bit yeah. higher proof. Than... So let's talk about the, the booze, the things that go bump in the night. And we all have had our experiences with paranormal activity, paranormal investigations. And what spurred me down this path that I began on, it started when I was a child. And um, do you, you need to go to the bathroom or are you cold? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm a little cold, but I'm okay. Okay. You're just bouncing over there. I just, it really threw me off. I I'm apologize. Sorry. Okay. Like, what is she doing? So when I was a kid, um, God, uh, prepubescent. I mean, so not even in the this teenage years. 1950s? Yeah, it, it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right after World War II ended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right after I got uh, okay, back from the WW2, <laughs> you know. No, um, I was just a kid, and I started having this I didn't know what to call it other than flashes and the way these flashes came to me is when I was laying in bed at night and I was right between that I'm not asleep yet but I'm not awake either and I'm kind of in that in between almost trance-like state and I'm going to read you what it says about that state because I didn't know what to call it as a kid. I just knew it that it was kind of that in-between thing. And hip, it's called hypnosia. Hypnosia is the transition between wakefulness and sleep. During this state, it's common to experience visual, visual, audio, and other types of hallucinations. It's also common to experience muscle jerks and sleep paralysis. The phenomenon of hypnosia, the deeply relaxed state of consciousness, has occurs prior to falling asleep and has been recognized for hundreds of years as a source of creative thought and intuition. Uh, the physical explanation for hypnosia is rooted in the discovery of magnetite crystals in the cells of the brain and the meninges and how these crystals could be the cause and explanation behind psychic abilities and feelings of intuition. What are meninges? Isn't that your fingers? Your no, that's phalanges. Fingers your are meninges, your toes? Menin- no, <clears throat> those are phalanges as well. I don't think you're saying it right. What? Meningitis? Not- oh, meningitis. Okay, meningi- meningitis. Meninges. Got it. It's the, I'm not saying what right. It's hypnagogia. Hypnagogia. Well, this is a good time to bring it up. No, I see how it was spelled. Hypno- oh, it is hypnagogia. You're right. Yeah, it's hypnagogia. I apologize. Sorry, I was. His, okay, we can his, cut his, all his that version out. Actually, sounds better than hypnagogia. Hypnagogia. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> so, hypnagogia, <laughs> as I've been corrected, is this state in between wakefulness and sleep. 
And so when I was there, when I was a kid and I would get into these states, I would see these flashes when I, it's what I called them, but they were scenes for lack of a better description. And it might be something as simple as seeing a, a cup on a table or I remember one time it was the Bondo on a truck where some body work was being done. And, but it would just be these just little quick flashes and it's gone. And a lot of times it would wake me up because it would be so bright and vivid when I would see these things. As I got closer to puberty, these scenes became longer and more complex and there was more stuff going on. Sometimes there were conversations and so it's not weird to have these visual things happen in that state. What was strange was that these things that I saw, I would see again in wakefulness, real life, days, weeks, months later. Like deja vu. Vuja day, because it's the other way he's seeing something he hadn't seen yet. Yeah. Deja vu is when you... <laughs> exactly. When you've Vujade. been there already. Right. Yeah. So, so I would see this... And then I'm like, oh my God, that's, you know, I just saw this a couple of nights ago or a week or so ago. So it got to the point to where I started keeping a journal and I would write these things down. I would make myself wake up as soon as it happened. I would write it down. I would draw it out. And I mean, they just, there were times when there were conversations that were going on between me and someone else or, you know, seeing two people have conversation and so I would be in the conversation and, and I know what's going to happen in this conversation and I try to change it and couldn't. I could not change what I was going to say. It was like it was already it had already been written by the all father or whatever. And, you know, I could not change it as much as I tried. And so anyway, this doing this, you know, and I finally it's like, what do you do with that? I mean, it's like it's just kind of a, a weird thing that happened to me. But then as an adult, I found out about remote viewing and uh, Project Stargate. Uh, we talked about um, the guy for over uh, the Alaskan Triangle at Mount Hayes, Peter Price, who was uh, a remote viewer for them. And so I started looking into this remote viewing and I thought, you know, if I could see what was going to happen in the future, you know, and I could, I could sense that I could feel it. I could see it. Maybe I could do remote viewing and do it on purpose instead of it just accidentally happening in between this state of being asleep and awake. So I started reading everything I could about remote viewing and learning everything I could about how to do it and how the, how our psychic spies did it, you know, and so anyway, I started practicing and the very first time I did it, um, this was my mother-in-law for, this is for my ex-wife, my first wife, her, her mother hadn't, was moving somewhere. She didn't know where. So in remote viewing, you get you have a piece of paper with grid coordinates on it and the grid coordinates are given to you by someone and just random numbers. Okay. Two sets of four, two sets of four random numbers. They don't mean anything except for the person who created that number by putting an, 
an intentional stamp on those numbers. Numbers are written down, and then from that, you start your remote viewing. So I started doing this, and as I'm doing it, I see... I see the the very first thing I see, I see this mountain that has like two humps and one is higher than the other. And it's a, there's a cross up on top of it. And I'm like, okay, that's, you know, that's cool. But it doesn't mean anything to me, you know. And then I saw a helix, uh, like DNA, mm-hmm. like that, double helix. Um, <clears throat> I saw a window that slid left to right instead of up and down. See, all this stuff is just random and doesn't make any sense. But then I saw uh, a torpedo. And I thought, well, that's, you know, that's weird. I saw three numbers. Um, the. Um, they weren't 666. Were no, they, they weren't 666. But they were, I mean, it was three numbers. And so I'm like, I have no idea what this means, you know. And so I show this to my ex wife and I say, okay, here's, this is what I saw. In this remote viewing, you know, which means absolutely nothing. My mother walked by and she says, oh, I know what that is. And she pointed at the mountain that there was this double humped mountain. And she said, my mother lived in San Diego uh, when she was younger. And she says, that's Mount Helix. And I thought, okay, so I drew the helix out. Mm -hmm. And then this is Mount Helix. Um, the, um, so anyway, come to find out mother-in-law was in San Diego, moving into an apartment out there that had a window that slid left to right instead of up and down in this apartment, very near Mount Helix. The three numbers that I saw were the, the last three numbers of her new telephone number. Um, the that, tor- that she hadn't gotten yet. That she hadn't gotten yet. She didn't have the new number yet. But when she got the number, that's the last three numbers was those three. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's true. I've obviously heard this story. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, so, you know, it was an absolute trip for me, you know, because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, this is really exciting. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Scottish hello. hello. And um, so anyway, that's how I got into going down that path of the remote viewing and all that. Anyway, um, pretty close to within just a few miles of where she actually was. Now, if I back up from that, that's one part of my, what I call my paranormal life, my, my ability to see beyond my temporal space. The other part of it came when I moved into a house in Seagaville, Texas. And my the, my family life, my mother and father, all of that was extremely dysfunctional. And uh, so constantly they fought, I mean, just horrible fights, screaming and hollering at each other. You know, and anyway, we move into this house in Seagaville. And it's typical cookie cutter subdivision type house, um, 
three bedrooms, one bath, and um, had an attached garage, a postage stamp of a yard with no trees. And we get there, and as I'm going through the house, my room had these drawings inside the closet. And they were just really strange, weird drawings, like symbols. And the only one that I remember specifically was the Eye of Horus. And, you know, when I'm... When I was researching later as I, I grew up, that I found out that the Eye of Horus um, represents peace and order. And it was <laughs> ironic that it was not peaceful and orderly in that house. It was chaos. And um, so anyway, things would move in this house. And you would put something down, you turn around, you turn back, and it's gone. Show back up later somewhere else. And I mean, it just, and this was constant. Um, literally, things that went bump in the night were in that house. And there was one time when um, my sister came to my room and she said, I'm, I'm hearing voices. I'm hearing people talking. I'm like, what? And she, she said, yeah, I'm hearing people talking. And I said, well, you... You sleep on that end of the bed. I'll sleep on this end of the bed. And you can stay in here with me. And as we're laying there. She's I'm, not a schizophrenic or anything. Let's no. clarify that. Yeah, she's not schizophrenic. And she wasn't prone to hearing voices. I hear in the attic above me, it sounds like something scampering. Squirrels? No, absolutely. Or raccoon or possum or cat or could have been field mice could have been but this scampering keeps getting louder and louder and louder until this thing is walking around like it sounds like out in the hallway next to my room like a grown man it sounds like there's a grown man in the attic walking around and it stops above my bed. Nope. Just stops. And I'm laying there, you know, and my eyes are like this, and I'm, my heart's beating out of its chest, and I'm just sitting there, and all of a sudden it's like, boom, 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 three times on the ceiling. I mean, literally rattle the rafter type stomping. I do a backflip out of the bed, run in there and tell my dad, hey, you know, this is going on. This is what I heard. Uh, your FOS, go back to bed, go sleep. You know, and I'm like, no, you don't understand. I'm, I'm terrified. This, there's something there. And um, so that happened there. And then I was, there was one day I was doing dishes. And in the house that we lived in, there was a brick, like your, the the sink faced the backyard. So you're, you're sitting here doing dishes, right. you know. And <clears throat> off to the left is the breakfast nook. And then in front of the, on one side of the breakfast nook, is the back door that goes out to the backyard. On the other side, it's the garage. And that garage, we uh, we didn't use it to put cars in. It was storage, you know. So on the outside, it had a padlock. This is one of the old kind where you just lifted it up. There was no automatic door. And um, so it had a padlock on it because we used it for storage and not cars. So 
as I'm doing dishes, I hear something rattling and I look over and this knob is sitting there doing this number and it's rattling in the door frame. The knob is just sitting there rattling and I'm like, what the heck? So I go over, they can't, nobody can get in because the, you know, the door's locked down in the front and I reach over there and grab that knob, you know, and when I grabbed it, I mean, it was like ice in my hands. And I mean, it's just like, oh my God, you know, like it had been in the freezer. And so there was that at that house. Was it locked? Uh, No, I don't think it was. But something was jiggling it. But something was jiggling that knob. I don't, I don't recall it being locked. But anyway, we ended up moving from there and then moving to uh, Cedar Creek Lake. Uh, after that and when I got to Cedar Creek Lake I we were talking in class one day and the conversation came up of hey do you believe you know you believe in ghosts and haunted houses and all that and I go well hell yeah I do I lived in one so you know for sure I believe in it and uh, so everybody was trying to get me to go out to their haunted house they had right and so and I use the air quotes because every little town has some place that's haunted. And as I'm talking to these people, I know how this works. I'm, I'm not stupid. They say, hey, let's go out to the haunted house. And they pick the date and time, and then their friend is waiting out there. It's a snipe hunt. Yeah. And when you show up, <clears throat> they jump out and they <clears throat> holler, boo, you know. Or they throw pee-filled balloons at you. Yeah, or, you know, something like that. I feel like you say this, like you've experienced it or watched it That's on an movie. It's an office quote. Right? Gotcha. But, I mean, so... Before you go there, did you had you ever seen in your previous house, had you ever seen before you moved to Cedar Creek Lake any kind of... You only heard things, or did y'all have an Ghost. apparition? No apparition. Never, I never saw anything there. <clears throat> did anybody else? Uh, yes. My mother and father saw... A spirit, for lack of a better word, because it was mist mm-hmm. that appeared at the foot of the bed. White mist or black mist? Uh, white. And my grandmother at the time was in the hospital. She was passing. And she said her mother was at our house and waiting there until she was ready to leave. So my mother and father see this thing appear at the end of the bed. It's missed. And then it just fades away. My mother said, if this is Grandma Woods, show yourself to us again. The mist comes back and disappears again. Now, if it had been just one of them saw it, I would have called complete BS. But Grandma Woods, she didn't die in that house or anything. No, but... She was waiting for the grandmother that was at the Her daughter was in the hospital dying. And I think it was one of those cases where... You know, somebody gets to the end of their life and the loved ones come up to help them cross over. I think that's what it was. I think Grandma Woods was there waiting on her. At least that one. Um, so that so you had never seen anything at this point in your life before you moved I to I had never seen lake. anything. You just saw the doorknob. I saw the doorknob jiggle and I heard the stuff. Yeah. Okay. So we get, I get down to Cedar Creek Lake and move into the place there at camp. And they're trying to get me to go out to the haunted house. Well, then, like I say, I know the I know the scam, so I wasn't going to fall for it. And 
So there was an occasion that we were all supposed to have this party. And the guy's house who we were supposed to go to, his parents didn't leave out of town. So we couldn't go there and, and party that weekend. So my idea, my timeline, my time frame, I said, hey, <laughs> since you guys keep telling about this haunted house, let's go out to the haunted house. This way, I knew they couldn't set me up, right? This is also the beginning of many a slasher film. Right? Yes. So, three couples, three guys, three girls. We go out to the, the haunted house. And I, and I know why they called it this, because supposedly the guy that lived there, and the, the family still lives in Kemp, uh, or did when I was a kid, uh, <clears throat> guy kills his wife, chops her up, throws her down the well, then hangs himself it's uh, a pretty good way to create yeah. on an house. And so anyway, which, you know, I mean, legends and stories and, you know, so you never really know how much weight to put on something like that. So what happened to him? He Did he kill himself in the house afterwards? Didn't that? That's what I just said. Did I miss that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My bad. You were sleeping through that. <laughs> <laughs> My ear was itching. I think I was concentrating on that at the moment. I'm sorry. Okay, so the guy... Killed his wife that lived in the house. Then he hung himself in the house. Hung himself. Okay, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, why, we, why did he bother chopping her up and shit? If I don't know. Hang himself in the. In the it was one know. of those murder suicides. I don't know why he, he did chopped, what he did. Chop a body up. I'm to just telling hide you. It. I'm telling you the story that was, he was been told. passed down. So we go out there, and like I say, there's six of us. So there's two people decide to go in, and guess who? You. Two okay, it's me and Tracy. But I got to tell you about this house because it sits like 100 yards off the road. It is a two-story, dilapidated, wood frame nice. house. It looks on it. With all these dead trees around it. Yes. Perfect. Okay, it's like the House of Usher or something, you know. And so I'm... that when we drive by, I say, oh, that's oh, haunted. that's haunted. That's 1,000% AF, that's haunted. Yeah, yeah. It, you definitely would say it was haunted. Okay. So I see this... And I go, oh, wow, that, that does look haunted, you know? And uh, so anyway, we walk up to the house. You have to jump the fence and park at the road and walk the 100 yards up to the house. I get up there, and it's it's creepy feeling just walking up. And then the as you're there and I'm and going in, there's me and Tracy, one, one guy besides myself. We go in. This is August. This is summertime, you know? We're not even in school right now. It's right we're right before school started. So it's still summertime in Texas. It's hot as balls. Ninety seven degrees outside at ten o'clock and you know, like today. Yeah, like today. And soupy. Yeah, it's soupy, you know. So anyway, Sultry. it's hot. We get inside and you just I know you've been in a sauna before. Mm-hmm. And you walk in, it's that hot stickiness that's all over you. Mm-hmm. Imagine that except it's cold. So it's that pretty good, actually. cold that's on you. and I, But I knew I didn't realize that's what it was. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, it just feels icky in here, right? I hope you didn't say icky. Could you ask what about? Uh, no, no, no. I didn't say icky. <clears throat> My buddy, though, he said, dude, he said, look at your breath. And I blew out and it's like, and you could see. It was like I was standing in a freezer, like a walk-in freezer or something. You could see the the breath coming out because it's so cold in this house. Wow. So 
It was cold, dude. I mean, cold. We went upstairs. It'd be and somewhat refreshing in August in Texas, though. If <laughs> if it probably didn't be a buzzing accompanied by some creepy feeling, too. It was definitely creepy feeling. And um, so anyway, we go upstairs and uh, we go look at the room where the guy was that supposedly had hung himself and shine the lights up there in case. So now we've proven our masculinity and, you know, we've we've faced that challenge. We've proved, hey, we're tough guys. Did you find anything? No. Uh, there, was, there was markings up there, so I don't know if somebody had hung a rope and rubbed it and... Made it look that way or what? I don't what, know. The cold is enough to... The, well, that's Because I assume the AC was not functioning in this dilapidated old there, house. It never had electricity. The house is that old. Is it still there? No, it burnt down. Oh, man. Um, I'm fixing to say, we need to... Oh, I, I'd never go back. an hour away from here? Never go back. Wait, you'll, you'll <laughs> figure out why. <laughs> because, so, anyway, Tracy and I are like, okay, deuces, let's get out. You know, we've, we've done it. We've done the deed. We go down, and everybody downstairs is like, oh, we got to get out of here. We got, you know, it's creepy here. And so, anyway, we we get down there and we start walking towards a car. We get about thirty yards away from the house, and all of a sudden, we hear a scream, and I mean, blood curdling. I. Sickles. Like the one at the end of our oh, intro? Worse. It was worse than that. It Like icicles up your, your spine. And we hear this from behind us. We all turn and look. My hand before everything that I think is holy. There was a woman standing in the second floor window. Where y'all were. Where we had been. There is a light behind her. There's no electricity in this house. She is in a dress, like an old 1902 dress or oh, whatever. Yeah, 1800s, yeah. 1800s dress, you know, something out of 1883 or something. And she's up there in the top of that, and she is screaming just, and it's just on and on and on. And, of course, we're hearing this as we're running to the car, the other you know, 70 yards to the, that we had to run to get to the car. And <laughs> how fast did you clear that? Dude, it didn't <laughs> or, take any time. Like Usain Bolt, right? <laughs> I mean, I was hauling ass to get to that car and we get out there. Of course, when we turn around then and there's nothing there, you know, you don't, you don't see her anymore. But I mean, just the, knowing what I know now and understanding in my best, what I think I understand the energy that it would take, to produce that full-bodied apparition, the physical scream, and the, I mean, just, I can't imagine. The light, even. The light. So. That's probably why it's so cold in there. It already sucked all the. Oh, my God. All the warmth, all the energy out of the air, all the heat, everything to be able to. It just missed you. Oh my God! What if that so, happened and you'd been, you been oh, when you were there. in the room? Oh my yeah, God! If you'd been I, there. You mean inside. after or before my heart attack? <laughs> <laughs> so I come to find out later, uh, one of the other people that had been out there said that when we were walking up to the house, there's a couple of old dilapidated vehicles, you know, like 
30s, 40s, 50s, something like that. I mean, old, old, rusted-ass derelicts, you know. And they said, as we were walking out, they said later that they saw somebody looking up like this out of one of the cars. Nope. Like a spirit that they could see look and then just fade. Now, this is after the fact, you know, and they didn't tell us this before we went in the house or anything. But I'm just thinking. Oh, they looked at you before you walked up to the house? They said that as we're walking up. Up, okay. That one of the girls said she saw somebody look out of one of the cars and not a homeless person. This is out in the country. I would have been gone right then. I would have been back to the car. Well, that's one of the reasons they were so freaked out when we were, you know, up in the house. So that was the one that really, I guess, got me to wanting to do the ghost hunting thing and the, the paranormal investigation type stuff, because that thing right there, I was just so absolutely terrified of that thing whatever it was you know because i mean you could just you felt it when you walked in don't you wish though that these had been invented and you oh had yeah this and- oh yeah go in there with some k2 <laughs> meters you know or just, just rim pods or just, yeah to see you could have got that on camera so that was as a kid and then as an adult you know i started doing the whole ghost hunting thing and um but another haunted house that I lived in uh, back in the early 2000s, um, and this was a little bit different, but similar in some of the same ways as the one as the experience I had as a kid. Um, but this one was more interactive, and there, there were more things that happened, but they weren't as scary, I guess, most of the time. And like my wife and I would lay down, uh, ex-wife, lay down in bed at night and she had she would put her pills for the night in a little plastic pill cup kind of like you would get uh the hospital yeah the hospital or you know goes on top of the little medicine bottles you know there's a little plastic pill cup and it would sit there and go tick 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 on the counter every night after we lay down and the um so anyway it was finally one time i'm like I talk to it and I say, hey, you know, this isn't exciting. This isn't cool. This doesn't, this doesn't scare me, you know. So won't you do something to really impress me? And when I said that, you hear this, bam, bam, bam. There's three taps. And it was on the counter. And I went in there to see, like, okay, what made the sound? And, you know, so you're trying different things on the counter. And uh, there was really nothing there. There was a toothbrush and a, a hairbrush pill cup and that was it you know and she knows my ex-wife and she's she's fastidious so that that is that a nice way of saying it yeah oh, okay very fastidious and uh she's got a stick up her ass what you say <laughs> dude you could have <clears throat> she's very clean it's very, very it was clean. like living in a museum i mean everything was like spotless clean all the time plastic things on the couches covering yeah <laughs> no but anyway so there was the hairbrush and that when I tried that, that was the sound of the banging that I heard. And um, later on, there was one night that we're laying in the laying in the bed and we're facing each other, laying on our sides. We had hadn't gone to sleep yet, and from underneath the bed. Now I got I got to tell the part where 
I was doing paranormal investigations, going out to haunted houses, uh, graveyards, just whatever, all the time back then. I worked in a haunted hospital, uh, which I'll get to in a little bit. But um, we're laying there, and I hear this growl, this deep, deep, deep growl from underneath the bed. And my eyes pop open. And when my eyes pop open, her eyes pop open. And I look at her, I go, did you hear that? And she means, and she said, you mean that effing growl? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that. <clears throat> so in like just a few seconds later, the dog in the living room, we had this great big. Uh, Labrodesian Ridgeback cross. Yeah, Labrador Lab- Rhodesian Lab- Ridgeback. Labrodesian yeah, Labrador-back yes. or something. I don't know. We're lab, way lab, lab, Labdesian. way ahead of the curve on lab. On hybrid dogs, yeah. Hybrid dogs. <laughs> yeah, he was a, a lab. Uh, African, a rotador. African rotador. <laughs> or Rhodesian Ridgeback. <laughs> Godzilla person. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he started raising hell in the living room and growling and barking. And you knew he wasn't underneath the bed. He no. can't get mm-hmm. under the bed. <clears throat> he couldn't fit under the bed. What about the hair dryer? So I've heard some of these stories. So yeah, it's like I'm at one point, you. Uh, my ex was doing her daughter's hair, was blow drying it, and as she's blow drying her hair, she has one of those little taco kid things, you know, that had the the different appliances, and like stuff the and, play kitchen sets, like, and like the easy play bathroom, yes, yeah. but it's for and hair it styling, gotcha. and it had a hair dryer there. Well, while she's doing that, the it hair has dryer a hair dryer that will turn on and make the noise. And, the, and the hair dryer came on. Thing while she's doing, while, while she, she's using a real one in another room. Right. And uh, so anyway, there was all kinds of stuff. We always had, um, there was one time I said, when I challenged it, the thing, whatever it was there, I said, you know, this is really boring, all this crap you're doing. I said, I want you to do something that'll impress me. I get up the next morning and every light in the in the freaking house is on. Uh, it was always slamming doors and cabinet drawers, cabinet doors, constantly slamming. Uh, there was one time I was, uh, I, I couldn't sleep or was wasn't sleeping or whatever, but I was up and I was doing EVP stuff in the in the uh, living room, and I hear something moving over in the kitchen, and I said on the EVP, I said, "Is that you?" And then nothing for about 30 seconds. And then you hear this, no. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. You're so encouraging that's somebody this else. Activity. You're encouraging it oh. in a house that you were living in. Yeah. <clears throat> and there was He a, was really into it, I think, at that time. There was so. a... There was a um, I can say encouraging, you know, if you're going to someone else's house at a, or, or an abandoned place... But in the place that you actually this, lay your head every I was night, living in a haunted house. But, but you're you're inviting more further activity by mm-hmm. continually interacting. Yes, I think he thought it was fun. I, I really do. Yeah, I thought it was very interesting. It'll get there old was, after a while. It did. did. There was was there a time that it would happen and it wouldn't? It was it a constant? Did it go in like? It seemed waves? To, it seemed mm-hmm. to happen more often when she and I were fighting, and she and I fought a lot. Uh, not physically fight, but just you know, bickering, fussing. So, so the the strife would bring negative in energy, poltergeisty type activity drawn in by been there. Yep. And so 
there was. Did you feel like it was evil? Like other than the growl, did you ever feel that growl scared? Yeah. The growl felt evil. But nothing ever else did. Is that why you think you just continued to kind of egg it on? I, I, didn't, I, I didn't think of it as agging it on. He's um, an antagonistic type person anyway. If you have a button, he's going to push it. It well, doesn't matter if you're he's, a ghost. Sage never crossed your mind. It's just insane. Oh, he doesn't care if you are a living human or a paranormal spirit. He's going to push the button. I do remember one time, and I, this was totally, <laughs> totally unexpected, but I'm sitting there, and I had this cat, and I love this cat, really cool cat, and his name was Jinx. Okay, black cat. Jinxy cat, jinxy Jinx. cat. I love you. <laughs> so I, this cat was sitting there, you know, and I took my knife out and I went like this and I went like that and pointed it at the cat, just being silly, you know. Well, whatever was there didn't think I was being silly. And so from three feet away, this clock <laughs> flies off the wall at me and like lands right at my feet. I mean, I'm not talking drops. It flies out and and falls, bam. And you said, that was not impressive. What else you got? Well, no, actually, that was kind of impressive. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the first time I'd ever seen anything fly like that. Now, it, it happened later at a, a house I was at where something actually flew across the room at me. But but that was a bed rail from a bed. So you can imagine, I mean, in what? So I had to unhook it from the footboard and the headboard? No, they were just laying in the oh, room. Oh, oh. But it just flew across the room. At me, so that It'd was take a lot of energy to move. Yeah, and that was a bad place too. But um, has that one burned down? Uh, it's not there anymore. It's, it's not there anymore. Damn, I don't know what happened to it. Um, so, a hospital that I worked at, and it was a psych hospital. So I know that sounds cliche as <laughs> as hell. You should say something actually about that house first before you move on to your hospital. What about the house? About that one that you went and did EVPs in the whole wall. Kind of like you had talked about, you had referenced oh, the it one in the, where the, in the, the bed rail bill. flew at me. Yeah. So <clears throat> there was a scene out of there, out of that. My experiences there that made me think of like Amityville with the flies, you know. Except that when I went in, it was you referenced it during our Amityville. Yeah, we. I walked in, and the wall is covered. The whole end of the trailer is covered with wasps. I'm out. Yeah, I was. Nope. So, but in that house, uh, I well, experienced at least it's not roaches or gym bugs. Though. I experienced uh, cold spots. I got touched uh, on more than one occasion. Can you show me on the doll where? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I can. <laughs> not making fun did, of that at all, but spirit, that is. I was not where did the spirit that. touch you? <laughs> did he hurt you? Did he respect you in the morning? You know, it was cold. It touched you, and then that's when the bed rail. And the bed, no, well, actually, the, those are all at different times, but... The, but the same place, right? Same place, yeah. 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 It was this ratted out, it, it, it was a trailer that was mm-hmm. sitting on, it was, it had been their grandparents had lived, grandmother had lived there for years, and she had long died before, I, I think. Played with Ouija boards. They played with Ouija boards, and <clears throat> he was the one, uh, I oh. think he has um, found, like arrowheads and such and taken them home hmm. on his own land and so they wonder that's if, isn't that illegal now or something? Eh, it's absolutely illegal yeah. but he <clears throat> i don't really understand why, he was but. digging up burial grounds indian oh burial that's grounds. definitely yeah horrible disrespect and I so mean, they 
the same as digging up any other grave. It's yeah, you're digging it's extremely up extremely disrespectful. Yeah. But I think that that's why he started up some stuff. They won. Yeah, they the only so. good grave digger is a giant four wheel drive truck called Grave Digger. You're <laughs> right. But yeah, that that was one place, and then um, the hospital that I worked at, uh, I guess twelve years um, ish. What year is this? Well, I worked at that hospital, not the hospital system. The right, hospital I know. System but I was trying to think when you came into, into our group when you started working. That would have been two thousand eleven, ten, eleven. I think you were when that particular system go live that you were hired to help that was 2012 February yeah, it was in 12. so yeah was it 12? February okay. 2012 we didn't get married okay. until 11 <clears throat> so anyway I had been out there for a long time already and um, psychiatric hospital doors would slam that had previously been hospice yeah. one half of it had been hospice so doors well would there's sl- still a hospice next door yeah, yeah it is but it was originally in that hospital doors would slam uh, lights would come on and off. Uh, at one point, we had the the old plunger bells, like you would see in the mm-hmm. old hotel. Uh, yeah, ding, ding, ding. yeah. We had those for some of the patients so that they could reach over and ding. And in empty rooms, they'd be ding, 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 ding. No ding. west call system in that hospital. Uh, no, there's no call light. No, not at that one. Um, Everybody's walkie-talkie, so you don't need call lights. So anyway, the I mean ish. Patients and staff would see apparitions walking up and down the halls. Um, there was, God, I mean, just on and on and on I could I, go I about if, that. I uh, wonder if there's still stuff going on, because it, it's it's not being used for that purpose anymore. The facility is a call center now. Um, and I just wonder if the women and men, not saying only women work call centers, but the the folks in the call center who work overnight, like who are there now? Are, are they ever have they ever experienced anything? I, I don't know. I don't know how they like set that up because you know how the one hall and the three hall. I don't know mm-hmm. how they set that up as a call center. Is that where it is right now? Yeah, that's where the. I don't want to say the name, but you know the, the, the ones yeah, yeah. that used to be downstairs from yeah from mm-hmm. our office. They're now out there. Oh, oh and, no. be, and they've moved all that out to north. So. Really. So one of the, I mean, there was a lot of crazy stuff that happened there. One of my strangest, I guess, experiences that I had out there was sitting on, they call it an A status, which means you're within arm's length of a patient because usually because a patient, it's a self-harm patient where they're trying to hurt themselves. And or somebody you had, else. Yeah, or someone else, and you had to be that close to stop them. And y'all needed trank guns out there to build. It, it would have helped at times, but I was I was working graveyard, so uh, because I was going to school for nursing during the day, and so I'm sitting in this room with this kid, and there is I've got the curtains pulled, and there's a window in front of me, so I can see the light in the hallway. There's a reflection, right? And I'm sitting there, and I'm studying. I never will forget it was pediatric nursing so it's not like i'm sitting there reading stephen king or you know dean coons or something and so this nurse she always walked the halls the same way and to do the rounds and we had to do rounds every 15 minutes so i'm sitting there 
And she would stop by and ask me, you know, if I wanted to go out on a break and smoke a cigarette or something or need to go to the bathroom or get a drink of water or whatever. I'm sitting there studying, and I hear her at the door, and I hear her say, Michael. And I look up, and there's no reflection of somebody behind me. And so I get up, I walk to the door, and I look down the hallway to the left because that's the next room in succession that she would be at while she's doing these rounds. And I look down the hall, and she's not there. I look back to the right, and she's sitting at the nurse's station. station. Her feet are propped up, and she's working a crossword puzzle. And so that was... Oh, those were the days. Do what? I said, oh, those were the days. Oh, those were the days. So we started recording our personal experiences, and it lasted for two hours instead of just one. And we got a whole nother hour of stories, uh, more of my personal experiences, more of uh, John's experiences, some of Alyssa's. So if you want to hear the rest of them, you're going to have to check back next week. So this will be part one. Part two will come next week. Same time. Catch you guys next week. Bye.